The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Heads Carolina, tails California, somewhere greener, somewhere warmer, up in the mountains, down by the ocean, where it don't matter, long as we're going somewhere together, I've got a quarter. Heads Carolina, tails California. It's my theme for the day. Somewhere greener, somewhere warmer. Doesn't matter where. (laughs) Going to be uh, uh, going on vacation starting tomorrow. I will miss you all, but I'll be back uh, next week and on Wednesday. And we'll we'll carry on. But I'm sure you guys will keep the home fires burning until then. Our toll-free number is 866-916-3776. And our text number is 434-248-0704. Here's your thought of the day for this Tuesday. Are you ready? The only way to be a good sport is to lose. Hmm. You guys keep that in mind as uh, Super Bowl's coming up. Because somebody's going to lose. And The Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, well, there are other people who think that's not going to be the case. Either way, whoever loses, be a good sport about it. And if you win, don't be rubbing it in people's faces, Trey. Yeah. Um, 434-248-0704 is our text number. Our Mind Jam trivia today is talking about maximum recharge in your life. Uh, We want you to tell us what day of the week is the best day to take off if you want a maximum recharge in your life. What day of the week is the best day to take off if you really want... A maximum recharge in your life. Give us a, a text and let us know. In the meantime, you were you were quietly, not quietly, tearing apart the studio piece by piece. Not, it's apart. It, <laughs> couldn't get his headphones in. Now the microphone has fallen off. It's gonna be a great day. Yes, it is. All right, we'll take your uh, your text in. And we'll have that answer coming up. Uh, On this day in history, in 1964, the British invasion officially begins as the Beatles land in America on this day in history. In 1974, Mel Brooks' Western spoof film Blazing Saddles premieres at the Pickwick Drive-In in Burbank, California. Patrons watch from horseback rather than by cars. Could you turn me on there? There we go. Very good. Am, am, am I on? Oh. Oh, oh yeah, not on. <laughs> what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? It's going to be a long Tuesday, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, 1992, on this day in history, a treaty is signed by 12 countries from the European community to create the European Union. That happened on this day in history. Got some birthdays today. Actor James Spader is turning 63 years old. Of course, he's been around for a long time. And uh, probably one of his greatest successes has been The Blacklist. I'm a lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that makes her a murderer. What it makes you, I'm still grappling with. The more immediate question is whether you're willing to let this woman die as a result of your choices. He's so good at playing bad. He's really, really good at it. Turning 63 today. Singer Garth Brooks is having a birthday today. He is turning 61 years old. Oh, 
We also have uh, comedian Chris Rock having a birthday today. He is turning 58 years old. Here he is talking about religion. Every religion believes that. Everybody. God does not make (laughs) mistakes. You ever been to Mississippi? (laughs) Mistake. I think he's so funny. Uh, Actor Ashton Kutcher is having a birthday today, turning 45 years old. And uh, here he is talking to the kids at the uh, Teen Choice Award about opportunities. I believe that opportunity looks a lot like hard work. When I was 13, I had my first job with my dad carrying shingles up to the roof. And then I got a job washing dishes at a restaurant. And then I got a job in a grocery store deli. And then I got a job in a factory sweeping Cheerio dust off the ground. And I've never had a job in my life that I was better than. I was always just lucky to have a job. I love Ashton Kutcher. Love it. Um, Also having birthdays today is keyboardist David Bryan of Bon Jovi. He's turning 61 years old today. And then we have another musician uh, from the band UB40, Brian Travers. Uh, is turning 64 years old today. A little red, red wine. It does the same thing to me. I can't drink red wine. It goes straight to my head. For sure. Um, Our Mind Jam trivia today, we're asking you, if you're looking for maximum recharge... What is the day of the week that you want to take off? Uh, looks like most people are saying Friday. Uh, most people are saying Friday. Feels like I should pick today. <laughs> Did you sleep last night? You having a rough morning, buddy? Uh, I mean, I, just bad luck. I started out this morning with uh, a skunk uh, visiting the house. So I walked out to that this morning and then encountered two more on the way to work fun i woke up one time when i was working camp staff to go to the bathroom and i i was like from me to you to a skunk and i just um handled my business we'll just put it that way and then i went he back to my alone. cabin okay yeah. well i don't know if they're in I, I don't know if this is like mating season for them i don't know what's going on i knew something was up because buddy was not happy most of the evening mm last last night and then i walked out and it was like okay i know what's been here and then and then there was another one uh on the way in and then there was another one that was hit i mean it is there are a lot of skunks out there this morning and i don't love it 
Uh, looks like most people are saying Friday is the day. We're going to let you know if you're right as far as your maximum recharging your life, whatever it is that you're looking for for maximum recharge. What day of the week would it be? Text us in. Your guests will have that coming up. Uh, a little bit later on this morning, several stories uh, that we're going to be covering. Uh, we're going to have Veronica Bratton join us from the Lynchburg uh, Republican committee. She's the chairperson going to be talking about what you can do as a citizen of Lynchburg to make sure you're weighing in on what you want done about these taxes. Apparently uh, they can't, the Republican party who has the majority right now can't seem to agree on anything. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Also uh, we're seeing a huge problem in our area. And when I say our area, uh, I'm, I'm talking about throughout central Virginia that includes Lynchburg uh, but also in the south side um, in Bedford County Campbell County a record number of guns are being stolen which is ridiculous if you have a gun you it's your responsibility to make sure that that gun is secured and yet we've had over 1300 guns stolen typically from cars so we're going to be talking about that uh, a little bit. Also, just the absolute fiasco that was the White House press secretary trying to explain the China spy flight situation. That's that was that was the worst performance ever, I would say. Um, State of the Union. We'll talk State of the Union. Uh, also. Disney has a new cartoon for kids that's basically um, preaching at white people about why they're so terrible. So we'll talk about that uh, a little bit as well. Lots of things to cover. Also, if you're uh, if you procrastinate, it could be that it's not laziness that's causing you to procrastinate. Now it, I need to hear this. It could be your emotions kicking in. That's it. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's it. We'll cover that coming up on the Morning Jam. The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Listen live on the web anytime and anywhere. Find us online at virginiatalkradionetwork.com. The Morning Jam what with Janet on the Virginia huh? Talk Radio hey, Network. Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-woo! Ronnie. <laughs> Woo-woo! There's your uh, there's your answer to your mind jam trivia. If you're wondering what day of the week is the best week day to take off if you want to maximum recharge, it's Wednesday. I don't think I would have ever guessed Wednesday, but they say that there's science behind this. Um, I mean, it's the middle of the week that makes it makes um, sort of sense. I guess, but it, to me, that's just annoying. You're taking your first day. You take off is Wednesday. It is, but but I'm. But I'm going to be off for longer than that, though. Come um, back on a Wednesday, too. It's just interrupting, just interrupting the middle of the week. But, all right, so here's here's the theory. Um, if Monday through Friday is your normal work schedule, then you'll feel more relaxed and refreshed after a midweek break 
than you will after a three-day weekend. Here's the science behind it. The key is giving yourself a beat, a day to make your own pace and to break the tyranny over the overscheduled work week. Our human experience of time is ordered by pacers, both internal, like being a morning person or a night owl, and external, like the work week or a deadline. According to the communications professor at University of Texas at Austin, everyone has a different chronotype. Some people are slower moving, some are faster moving. Our work, though, just goes and throws that out the window and says, this is how fast you have to do it, and this is when you have to do it. So they're saying uh, one-offs, like a deadline for a big project, may only temporarily restructure you. But they say a Wednesday holiday interrupts the externally imposed pacer of work, gives you a chance to rediscover your internal rhythms for a day, while a long weekend gives you a little more time on your own schedule. It doesn't really disrupt the week's pacing power. A free Wednesday builds space on either side and shifts the balance between your pace and works in your favor. And they say there's other advantages to taking a Wednesday off, like empty beaches, parks, museums, and movie theaters. All right, that's valid. So if you're, you know, thinking of of taking a break, maybe schedule that in the middle of the week. I always looked at it as, uh, you know, kind of a pain to, it kind of interrupted everything. Because then you just got to turn around and go right back. But but I see their reasoning there. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I I get it. Mostly I get it. Um, A growing threat in our area, it's a real problem. The number of guns being reported at several law enforcement agencies in Central Virginia has been uh, upticking in the last four years. According to a report last summer, the largest source of stolen guns is from cars. The report, utilizing FBI data, indicates that at least one gun is stolen from a car every 15 minutes. A decade ago, less than a quarter of gun thieves, uh, thefts were from cars. In 2020, over half were. And 2019 and 2020 saw the biggest spikes in gun thefts from cars. And 66 guns were stolen from vehicles in Danville in 2022 alone. We'll look at some more of those numbers right now. We have a call. Good. Or or not. I might have messed up. Okay. Um, number of guns stolen in Lynchburg, Danville, Campbell County, and Bedford Counties over the last four years uh, amounts to 1,369 guns stolen. In 2019, there were 231. By comparison, in 2022, 444. This this actually wasn't my fault. I was told that. Okay. By this person. All right. Back to the uh, phone line. Good morning. You're on the morning jam. Hey, Janet. Hey, uh, just wanted to say that Sam Smith's satanic ritual on that stage at the Grammys is trending all over the place. Yeah, and, I saw it. Uh, I don't know if you watched that performance, but, uh, I mean, we're, and it was brought to you by Pfizer, too, which is weird. I thought it was, um, uh, I thought it was pretty pathetic, but, well, especially I mean, now. Know, it's, uh, they're, they're, it's out in the open. They're not even trying to hide it anymore, you know. Well, so I mean, there was um, a time when Ozzy Osbourne did stuff like that. It was kind of shocking and, and, oh, it was edgy. Now it's just 
he looked like he was going to a Halloween party. Like he was yeah, like well, he was like I an mean, overweight, chunky, devil mm-hmm. person. Well, it just seemed like they were celebrating it, you know, to me. But uh, and actually, CBS put that they were having a, a worship celebration on, and now they've taken it off, of course. But uh, so I'm not sure what all of that was about. I mean, it looked like. Well, your first lady it, was it there. Oh God! Yes. Well, yeah. There you go. Yes, That's she part was, of the problem. She was well, making we know a presentation. Uh, the face formerly well, we known as Madonna. She was both. there. Well, and and Beyonce being the best artist, what is what does she do besides shake her ass? And I mean, does she don't write anything? She does not uh, play any instruments. I mean, what? Uh, now Willie Nelson, he's got talent. But what about? Somebody who writes their songs and plays their music like Prince or Willie Nelson or Dolly. You know, I mean, what are we calling talent? Did, um, you, did you see the Madonna part that, that she did? I did. It that was, was so that sad. Was, that's, yeah, she looks uh, like some sci-fi creature off a of bee that... Well, and, and she's sixty-some years old, and she's you know pulling her dress aside like she's some sexy thing and then she's and then she's upset because they're not applauding her it was just weird i thought it was all cringy well she's uh i think she's gotten into satan worship too uh what i was reading recently uh, who but knows of course she introduced it she introduced the satan thing you know so i i understand i grew up with kiss and ozzy and but that it's not it's not really the same. You always knew they were just doing it kind of tongue-in-cheek. This was actually something mm. that was done on purpose and said that we're worshiping Satan. So, you know, it's just, I I didn't, I thought it was really weird. That's the strangest thing I've ever seen. It looked like debauchery to me. But I mean, I, I didn't I didn't watch it because I don't, I don't watch it anymore. It, it, I just thought it. And, I mean, what happened to the sexism of women? He's got women in cages. And got women serving him, and he's the only male on the stage. And well, but you got to remember, we he's he's stuff. gay, and so it doesn't count. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. He's not count, objectifying. Yeah, that, I'm sure. You can't dare say anything. Yeah, I know, but yeah, but they they were objectified. They were put in cages and weird positions and yeah I, again i didn't I, just, I didn't watch it if 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 it had come on i would have turned it off <laughs> i thought i thought he just looked ridiculous but so anyway yeah, but yeah anyway, not surprised oh well <laughs> thanks for calling this morning right, have a good day Jen. you too all right um so and i did see i saw some of the clips i thought it was pretty like it just looked like a bad halloween skit to me and Madonna is just sad. It just makes me sad. Uh, much like the story we were covering before we took that call. Um, we were talking about a huge problem that we're having in the area about guns being stolen from cars in the area. Um, if you have a gun, you have a responsibility Don't put in your to car. secure. I, I, I have a gun in my car many times, but it is always secured always well okay don't leave your gun in the car let me correct that 
Well, and you can leave your gun in your car, but it needs to be secured. It needs to be in your trunk or it needs to be locked up. I mean, these most of these guns that are being stolen are left in cars, many times in plain view, very seldom locked. I mean, it's beyond me how the people who are who are having this happen aren't being held responsible. Uh, here's a text. Uh, uh, if they would start charging people for not securing their firearms, people would start hearing that and maybe take the security of their firearms more seriously. M- maybe. Maybe if they got dinged a couple of times. In the meantime, what's being done, you know, with these guns? You absolutely have to be held accountable if that's happening. And just in our area alone, for that many guns to have been stolen is I guess at least they are reporting it. Uh, Bedford County has seen a 27% increase. Lynchburg has seen a 56% increase. Um, in Danville, it's 352% higher from 2019 versus 2022. They went from 23 guns to 104 guns. And when you compare... 2019 to 2022 in Campbell County, the difference is uh, 191%. In 2022 alone, $47,707 worth of guns were stolen just in Bedford County. And they say in most cases, the vehicles were not secured. In some cases, parked in their own driveways. That's where the weapons are getting stolen. So you gotta lock it up, folks. Lock them up. Coming up, we have got uh, Veronica Bratton joining us talking about taxes and what can you do to make sure that your voice is being heard in the Hill City. We'll have that coming up. In the meantime, Kimberly McBroom has your headlines on the way. You're listening to The Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. A mix of clouds and sunshine today. Warm highs in the upper 50s. We'll turn mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 42. Wednesday, partly sunny. Highs at 65 with lows in the mid-40s. And on Thursday, a few scattered showers possible. Highs in the mid-60s. Overnight lows at 52. And a straight shower chance on Friday with highs at 63. And currently we have in the uh, Danville area, 31 degrees, 30 in Lynchburg, 31 in Bedford, Roanoke and Salem have 31, 30 in Appomattox and 30 in uh, Amherst. Well, yesterday we touched on this a little bit uh, as I'd received a communication from our next guest, Veronica Bratton. Uh, She is the uh, chairwoman of the Lynchburg Republican City Committee. Good morning, Veronica. Good morning, Janet. So we're talking talking taxes. Uh, someone yeah. said said, uh, "How does Veronica uh, feel? The children aren't behaving well." Uh, <laughs> 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 it probably feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? Oh, it does. <laughs> oh my goodness! It is. Uh, it, it has been a rough start to the uh, city council session and the. Uh, the new council members moving in there. I'm hoping that's going to smooth out 
And maybe one of the things that you're doing here is going to be a way uh, to smooth that out by making sure that everyone on council knows how the people feel. Yes, and yes, I agree with you. It has been a little bit of a bumpy start. Um, and I do think that when you're, um, I think that after, you know, the Republicans or the people, the people of Lynchburg waiting so long under a one-party rule to finally, um, they're looking, they really showed up in November and elected a Republican majority because they had hope that we could make a difference. And so, and I do believe that all five of them want to make a difference. So what I did, what I did was not against any of them. What happened is since we've had a bumpy start, um, I have had as the chairwoman, I have had been inundated by phone calls, text messages, uh, emails, my husband and I go in public anywhere we go because people know who we are. They stop me even Sunday at church, this past Sunday at church, about my Republican city council people. So um, I have tried to, I've talked to them, and I believe that it's more effective for them to hear from the people, from their constituents, than from me. Because I am just one voice filtering all these multitude of voices to them. Right. So there was a lot of there was a lot of really disheartened taxpayers when the motion for immediate tax relief was voted down because we have a March payment and a May payment coming up. Sure. And I I received a whole lot of feedback from taxpayers about that. Also for me, that, that's kind of one of the reasons I ran. I have a burden for the city. I have a burden for the people. When I was running for chair, uh, my husband and I were fortunate enough to be in a green room with the people from the, who run the Daily Bread. And I was asking them about their, you know, what, things had, what had happened, what had transpired there since the pandemic. And we know our taxes went up November of 21 because of increase in assessments, right? Mm -hmm. So this was February of 22. And they shared with me that before the pandemic, they were, they were feeding 80 to 100 people a day. Right. Post pandemic, they were feeding four to 500 people a day. And they had now working people who couldn't make it paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And that just broke my heart working people um older people i mean people of of all ages and now can you imagine what it's like now that inflation is where it is these electricity bills that are coming in are unbelievable Mm -hmm. right and at a local level we can't control what the federal government's doing correct we we can't control the inflation that we're experiencing currently but when we have an opportunity to say, you know what, we have overtaxed you and we may not. OK, so I understand there's a lot of red tape to go back to November 21. That was really awesome of Council Helgeson to bring that to the table. And that's fine. But politics is negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. So when that was voted down, then he negotiated for something. OK, well, let's just do this fiscal year. And there are four payments due, November, January, March, and May. Well, there are two options he put forward with that. We can do back to November 22 for this fiscal year. Then we're not going in opening up last year's budget. Or we can just do the two future payments coming up. 
And right after that vote, I went to the grocery store that was that were both <laughs> voted down. I go to the grocery store and it's like eight dollars for twelve eggs. Right. Exactly. And I was and I'm like just feeling and I'm remembering this conversation with the daily bread and I'm like, here we are a year later, we finally have the ability to do something. It prices of groceries are increasing. Let's and the people are coming to me and they're concerned. So I said, you know, well, my council people need to hear that from their constituents. All right. So we've got two options. Let's talk about those. Option A is immediate tax relief beginning with the November 2022 real estate payment through May 2023 real estate payment. Right? Correct. And then option B is immediate tax relief beginning with the March 2023 real estate payment through the May 2023 uh, real estate Correct. payment. Correct. All right. So so t- tell us the the differences in those. Well, well the two and four, right? Two and four. So right. you're going to get more money back, clearly. You're going to get all the money that you ever paid for this fiscal year back. Mm-hmm. If we go back to the November payment, okay. If if the city manager, whoever, feels like that's too much to go backwards, even two payments in the same fiscal year that we've already collected the revenues for, then then the proposal is just for the March and May, um, and that is separate. I just want to be clear that that is separate from that. That's separate from the proposal, that the motion that's already been approved. Mm-hmm. We have already said, yes, we want to look at the new budget year, but that doesn't start until July 1st. Right. So what does that do for us right now? When electric bills have doubled, when the cost of food has doubled, and, we are, and we're going to continue to overtax our homeowners? Knowing that we've already identified it was a problem, that we all campaigned on it. Mm-hmm. Well, I have put a um, I've put a copy of your letter onto our Facebook page, and so the best way for them to make sure that people know is to e- email their city council members. Right, right, because we have the opportunity to put it back on the agenda um, for the February fourteenth city council meeting. Um, what happens is there is. Um, because it was voted down, we need four people in council to put it back on the agenda. And we know that three will request that. We need a fourth. So we need to hear from all of our constituents who feel like this is what they would like the immediate relief, even if they won't, don't want it for themselves. They know that their neighbors may need it. Mm-hmm. Okay. In, and then let city council decide whether they want the four or the two. But let's give the people something when we see prices are increasing and the crunch is tightening. Right, right. Well, uh, Veronica Bratton, uh, we appreciate you joining us this morning. We're going to put this information up on our uh, our Facebook page. And the bottom line is it, it doesn't matter what the opinions are of, of council. At the end of the day, the people in the city need to make sure that their voices are being heard. Exactly. I believe in the bottom-up approach to government. That's what we need to have. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what our, our nation was created. That's, that, that's how it was right. founded. That's the government that was put in place by our founders was the bottom-up. We're a nation of 
you know, for the people, by the people, of the people. It's not. We're just going to, and I think that what's happened is we've set it out too long, and Republicans just do their job. They go to the polls, they vote, and then they just forget the rest and they don't pay attention. Well, that's how we've gotten here. That's how we've been overtaxed for so long because we weren't paying attention. That's why we're dealing with the inflation and the things that we're dealing with in Washington and some of the horrible policies we have throughout the nation because we weren't paying attention. I think it's time we start paying attention and we start speaking up and letting our voices be heard. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning. We're going to put that information up there. And uh, here's hoping things are going to be a little more smooth sailing in the yes, next just pray for few it. weeks. All right. They're, 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 they're going to work it out, I'm sure. I have faith. They, they will. They will. Sooner or well, later. They will. All right. Thanks That's for joining right. us. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks, okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Well, you can go to Facebook and check out Janet's Five and Dine. And it's brought to you by F&L Market, 2511 Memorial Avenue, Lynchburg. Now, you're going to be seeing quite a few recipes that will be perfect for your Super Bowl gatherings. Okay, uh, we've got all these recipes with the Super Bowl in mind. Uh, today's recipe is for a Reuben pasta salad. It's always good to have, you know, something kind of fun to go with. What? You don't like Reuben's? No, no, it's just I, I wasn't expecting that. You weren't expecting that. What were you expecting? Reuben pasta salad. I just never heard of it. I'm, I'm interested. It's delicious. It is It is delicious. Guys like it. It's something kind of different. Uh, you're going to start by cooking your pasta uh, according to package directions and then rinse it under cold water. And then you're going to combine the following dressing re- uh, ingredients. Two-thirds of a cup of mayo, third of a cup of sour cream, some Thousand Island dressing, some Dijon, uh, three tablespoons of the sauerkraut, the brine from your sauerkraut, and then some caraway seeds and salt and pepper to taste. That's going to be your delicious dressing. And then you're going to uh, put that and mix it in with your pasta, a fourth of a cup of minced white onion, a cup of sauerkraut. I will tell you that the craft beer sauerkraut is really good. Uh, That's a good one for this. A half a cup of dill pickles, a cup of corned beef, sliced or cubed, and then a cup of Swiss cheese, cubed. It is delicious. It is just like eating a a Reuben. It's so yummy. And uh, it also is great as a leftover. You can make it the day before. You can keep everybody out of it. Uh, It is great for Super Bowl. A Reuben pasta salad. You can find that by going to Facebook type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find every recipe that we share getting you ready for the Super Bowl. Brought to you by F&L Market, where their meats are a cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the Morning Jam. The Morning Jam. Well, happy Tuesday to you. Our toll-free number, 866-916-3776. We would uh, love to hear from you this morning, and we're happy to have you be a part of our Morning Jam family. Uh, One of the things I love is when you guys send me in uh, information about things that are are happening that you want to make sure the the people in our listening area are aware of. Gene sent this in uh, to us, reminding us that there is going to be a welcome home parade 
in Bedford on Saturday, starting at 11 a.m., honoring the uh, uh, Company A National Guard that is returning from a year's deployment in Africa. So there you go. If you're in the Bedford area or you just want to welcome those uh, young people home, that's going to be taking place on Saturday in Bedford. Bear texted me and said, you leaving tomorrow puts me on a seven-day fast. No, no. I've done I've done all the, the five and dines. I can't not have... That was a double negative. Uh, I have to have my Super Bowl recipes in there so you guys are, get a little inspiration there. I even have an Eagles punch coming up a little bit later on. You got to have a... You gotta You're have not going to e- do a philly cheesesteak i've got a, a a take on philly flavors okay there i got some i got some pretty pretty good ones uh there philly, making, it's hard to do philly cheesesteaks for I'm a actually, crowd you could do like a giant one i guess i'm actually cooking something for this bowl what are you making chicken wings okay don't know how i'm gonna do me exactly yet well i gave you the recipe yesterday so i also have a recipe for chicken wings that you do in the slow cooker and they like get super super yeah, tender. I do them at my parents' house probably. So I I ordered a butcher box yesterday for once because I just wanted to try it. And you get uh, I got wings. They said wings for life, so you get three one pound bags of wings for mm. free. So I was like, oh, that's oh, way too many wings for me. They're not free. Trust me. Well, <laughs> I quote know unquote what you're free. Yeah. Um, but uh, because it, it makes it easier, you know. Um, like I, I'm and F and L. I need to check out obviously, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, t- uh, it, he has he has so many wings. Yeah, piled piled in there. But I, got I mean, these, he is good to go. So I'm gonna get these three. I think hopefully this week I am. If not, I have to. Well, I have a ba- I have a ba- good backup plan. Um, but I have to go to. Uh, I I'm gonna have these three one pound, and I don't know what to do with them. So I think I'm gonna take a couple of them and cook them up at my parents' house, probably in the oven. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of different ways. I've done them a couple ways before. Them. I think yeah. I'm just going to do probably just general barbecue for one. If you maybe do them ahead of time, another. it's good to do them in, in a uh, slow cooker yeah. and then save them for the next day because they get really, really fall off the bone tender. And then when you let them rest, they kind of like recover up. and then you can get that uh, final edge on them and it, it makes them pretty tasty for sure. So yeah, no, no fast, my darling bear. I've got you. I got you covered. For sure. Uh, We also have another event that we want to make sure that you're aware of. Uh, This is taking place at Sweetbriar at the indoor track. And um, that's going to be coming up on March the 4th at 10 a.m. And this is to raise money for uh, scleroderma. And I probably said that wrong. Scleroderma. And, And it's something that I'm not that familiar with but uh, apparently it is a fairly rare disease that involves the hardening and tightening of the skin it can also cause problems with blood vessels and internal organs and uh and just a really a disease that doesn't get a lot of attention Um, but they are asking for people to come out and step out to find a cure for this disease registration starts at 9 a.m uh it's 25 dollars. that includes your event t-shirt your enrollment for the walk and of course your donation to help the foundation and they also have like an auction that they're doing 
that day. If you want more information, you can call uh, Margaret Ann White at 434-444-2206. Again, that's going to be at the Sweetbriars Indoor Track on March the 4th. Registration starts at 9 and uh, everything gets started at 10 a.m. So keep that in mind as uh, we've got all kinds of events that are coming up here in the area. Well, um, State of the Union address, a lot of people are talking about it. Probably not the best timing for... It's tonight, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it is. So it's connected. I am. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be watching and, uh, and analyzing. The White House says the president will address the economy and infrastructure... Uh, One topic he's probably going to avoid is the ongoing saga over classified documents found in his Delaware home. Um, Technically, he still hasn't announced whether or not he's going to run for a second term. He's going to be delivering his third State of the Union address, a tradition that dates back to George Washington. Um, But again, it's not coming at a terrific time. That's for sure. And it's also coming... After a very, very poor viewing from the White House secretary. I mean, I don't know if you... I mean, Corinne is not great at this job, okay? I think that's probably an understatement. Uh, We know that she struggles, but I think of all the fiascos that she has had... This was probably one of the the worst examples. Uh, she was trying to explain the accusations that were made that there had been three Chinese spy balloons during the Trump administration, but were never informed. Um, so she was asked about that. She's just struggling and digging through her papers. Well, I won't explain it. You you can listen. For yourself. The first Chinese balloon that the U.S. identified flying over U.S. airspace under this administration? Um, so what I can say is that um, we have talked about uh, the China's and uh, China's balloon program. Uh, we have um, uh, generally on this, uh, the Chinese surveillance balloons program uh, has been around for some time. We even uh, we even briefed Congress this past August. Uh, so I don't have any specific on any other balloon during this uh, during uh, during this president's administration. But there has been a program that has been in effect. We have kept Congress uh, abreast on that. Uh, so, but that, I don't have anything more to, to to say or to share. Okay. So the sad part is that was the absolute best part of of this uh, press conference. As we continue, how is it possible that this administration discovered? Um, at least three previous balloons that flew over the U.S. under the previous administration, but Trump officials didn't know it was happening. Yeah, so look, I think that, uh, and we have talked about this before, about how um, uh, 
when it um, when the PRC government surveillance balloons trans uh, trans trans transited uh, the continental U.S. briefly at least three times, as you just mentioned during the president's uh, prior administration, and once that we know of the beginning of this administration's, uh, but never for this duration of time, as we know, uh, this information was discovered prior to the admin administration uh, left. Uh, but uh, the intelligence community, as I said, is prepared to give uh, give uh, briefings to key officials. Uh, but this is something. Uh, this is something. Sorry, post. Yeah. But this is something that we we they did not they were not aware of as as we've just laid out. But again, we are ready to uh, brief key officials to let them know uh, what uh, uh, you know what the intelligence community was able to figure out. You can share about how you became aware of it. Like, did you? Um, is there? I just don't. Did you yeah. go back and look at? So I'm not going to get into intelligence, uh, intelligence uh, community information. The whole thing was just, it was, it was bad. It was just so bad. We had uh, like zero answers, none whatsoever. CBS is coming up. Bill Trafiro on the way on the Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. A mix of clouds and sunshine today. Warm highs in the upper 50s will turn mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 42. Wednesday, partly sunny. Highs at 65 with lows in the mid 40s. And on Thursday, a few scattered showers possible. Highs in the mid 60s. Overnight lows at 52. And a stray shower chance on Friday with highs at 63. 32 degrees now in Bedford, 31 in Roanoke and Salem, 32 in Danville, 31 in Lynchburg, 31 in Appomattox, and in Amherst. Well, when it comes to Disney, there has been a lot of changes taking place. As a matter of fact, well, we'll just go back to like the 90s. That was then... You're welcome. Everybody's welcome. Yeah, it didn't matter what color you were. didn't matter where you're from. Everybody was welcome in a Mickey Mouse club, right? Well. Jafford. Justin. Carrie. JC. Brittany. Josh. Rona. TJ. Alana. Ricky. Christina. Yeah. Mark. Nita. Ryan. Matt. Nikki. Tony. Lindsay. It's so funny Kate. to see. Terry. Fred. You. All these uh, kids that grew up to be like Ryan Gosling and, and Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears, Spears Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. All of them, you know, grew up to be these big stars. And of course, they had they, the kids from all walks of life represented in that show well that was disney then not so so very long ago and this is disney now so it would seem this country was built on slavery which means slaves built this country tilled this land from sea to sea to sea first there was rice tobacco sugar cane then whitney did his thing and cotton became king and we were its soldiers four million strong fighting for america's freedoms even though we remained america's slaves built this country the descendants of slaves continue to build this slaves built this country and we the descendants of slaves in america have earned reparations for their suffering and continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the system 
systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians, inventors built cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Bannockhurst, Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We, we made your families rich. From the southern plantation heirs to the northern bankers to the New England ship owners, the founding fathers, former presidents, current senators, the Illuminati, the New World Order. Slaves built this country. We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But slaves were men and women, and only we can free ourselves. Well, there you go. There you go. Lincoln didn't do anything, and uh, and we still haven't gotten our reparations yet. That's Disney, folks. Yeah, that's their uh, the Proud Family reboot that's taking place now. So now they're saying that America owes black Americans because the country just still hasn't atoned yet. So there you go. No more. There's a space for you and me. Not anymore. Just when you think Disney can't double down, they do. 866-916-3776. Does anybody even watch Disney anymore? I mean, I got rid of mine a while back. I used to have Disney Plus and I and I enjoyed a lot that was on Disney Plus. But I just I just won't do it anymore. And of I course now it. they get it because they bundle it. Well, because That's, it's bundled with your sports, right? Yeah. And my T V. Yeah. So but they got all the Marvel movies on there. So I watch this. Mm, yeah. I won't I won't do it. Won't give them, won't give them my money. Can't do it. It's pretty, uh, I, that's pretty bold for Disney. Yeah, I mean, even, even as woke as Disney has become, that's even, that's almost like a parody. Like you, you can't make that, that one up to me, but we'll see. I got a story out of Georgia, Georgia Sheriff's deputy. Uh, recruit ends up in jail where he once worked after beating an inmate. The 25-year-old was charged with battery and a violation of his oath of office. A Georgia County, a Georgia Cobb County Sheriff's deputy was fired and then arrested after the incident at a Cobb County jail. This was announced yesterday. Uh, the recruit, Jaquan Brown, was placed behind bars at the same jail where he worked just hours before. The In the news conference, the sheriff said, We will not tolerate abuses of power. We will uphold laws equally and fairly. On Saturday, Brown allegedly beat an inmate he was attempting to take to another part of the jail. The deputy was moving the detainee in an attempt to de-escalate a situation inside the pod area. He was causing a disturbance. An exchange of words began, and the end result was the deputy attacking the inmate. It was a clear violation of all of our training and protocols and our policies. Owen said Brown had just completed his training and was in a probationary period of employment had not yet become a full-fledged deputy. And now that's not going to happen. The victim, who was in jail on drug trafficking charges, suffered superficial injuries, was taken to the hospital as a precaution. Uh, 
And they said they quickly reviewed the evidence and decided to relieve the recruit immediately. Cobb County District Attorney praised the sheriff's office for its swift action in terminating and arresting Brown. It says, we will hold law enforcement accountable when they do wrong. And you see that in the action of the sheriff. Owen said a video of the incident would be released in coming days. I think that's probably the very best way that possibly could have come about, it would seem. So it's kind of refreshing to see someone came out and go, you know what? We had a recruit. It was a disaster. And now he's gone. So that's a good thing. Well, when it comes to the economy, it would seem that uh, there has been a major exodus, but maybe not for the reasons you think. We know we've got all kinds of issues at the borders, but now Republican-controlled states are seeing an influx of residents as they're leaving high-tax states. A growing number of Americans migrated from predominantly blue states like California and New York, to red states with lower taxes. But see, what happens is they move into those states and then they want to bring some of that crap with them. And then they start voting things that change the state. That's the only problem I have with that. Florida saw the biggest rush of new residents. Over 300,000 Americans relocated there in 2022. That amounts to a population increase of nearly 2% well above the 0.4% national growth rate recorded between July 2021 and 22. Other red states that led in population growth included Texas, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Arizona, Idaho. Three of those states, including Texas, Florida, and Tennessee, do not tax regular income, according to a separate analysis from a nonpartisan tax foundation a group that advocates for lower taxes. On the other end of the spectrum, California, New York, and Illinois, which has some of the highest tax burdens in the country, saw the biggest declines. California saw its population tumble by more than 340,000. Although New York had the overall largest decline in its population with a 0.9% drop, New Jersey and Massachusetts also saw their populations shrink The analysis uses the Postal Service change of address data to identify domestic migration patterns. When people want to forward their mail from old homes to their new addresses, the analysis covers relocation by zip codes across the U.S. That that was during 2022. Among the 10 large areas with the highest inbound move rates, not only was their economy able to recover all the jobs, that were lost at the beginning of the pandemic, but there was about 5% on average more jobs now in March than in March of 2020 in these areas. But will they learn anything from this? Probably not. I doubt it. We'll see. Uh, AMC theaters have made some changes in their pricing as they're trying to recover from the pandemic. It's not going particularly well. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Morning Jam. Keep our numbers handy, 866-916-3776. And our text number is 434-248-0704. 
Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Well, that may be the way AMC likes it, but it's not necessarily the way their uh, theater attendees like it, for sure. They're kind of getting beat up over their new uh, ticket prices that they're doing. And and this is, this is a time when the ticket sales are already plummeting. Um, they definitely have not recovered. And maybe this is a way that they're trying to recoup some of their money i don't know amc theaters announced its new three-tiered price system based on seat location they announced this yesterday and the prospect of paying more for a special spot to watch movies is not going over great actor elijah wood said the movie theater is and always has been a sacred democratic space for all, and this new initiative would essentially penalize people for lower income and reward for higher income. Okay, first of all, Elijah, you're wrong. The movie theater has not always been a democratic space for all, as there were separate entrances for people of color. Uh, They could not sit in the lower levels. They had to sit in balcony areas. So, eh, sorry, you need to do more research on that. So that's not accurate at all um npr and uh, pbs correspondent ian saint said all i can think about is the exhausted low-wage employee who's going to be tasked with trying to enforce this new tier price seat assignment policy so this is going to be more like i mean typically you go you get your ticket and you go find whatever seat that you like to hit typically i like to sit kind of more to the right area of the the theater but everybody has different places i guess um it would seem that they have uh preferred sightline seats which as i'm looking at the map looks like it's in the in the very center of the center is what they're saying which i usually don't like to sit there anyway but that's not the point what drove me crazy is if you are a paying AMC Stubbs A-list member, which is uh, $20 to $25 per month, you can reserve preferred sightline section at no additional cost. But for everybody else, it's an additional $1 to $2, depending. Uh, sightline at AMC more closely aligns the seat pricing approach to that of other entertainment venues. That's how they're justifying it. Because I guess live theater does it that way. And they say, while every seat delivers an amazing movie-going experience, we know that there are some moviegoers who prioritize their specific seat and others who prioritize value movie-going. I mean, you've always got those people that are going to show up 45 minutes early because they want to make sure they get the seat that they want. I would pay extra for a seat around people who don't talk during the movie. How much does that cost? That's why I don't go to the movies anymore. Because you have people who think they're sitting in their flipping living room watching a movie and they're talking and texting and laughing and care- and I just want to like snap. It's not good. 
I don't, they don't have movie watching manners. That was something that we always tried to. My mother certainly wanted to promote that, and and I did that with my kids as well. But mm, not not much of a priority in in parenting these days. At least it doesn't seem to be the case. If you are a procrastinator, listen up. This next story is one you might want to check out. Is there a project you're putting off right now? Is there an important task that you could or should be doing and you are unnecessarily saving it for later? Voluntarily delaying anything may lead you to believe that perhaps you're just inherently lazy. But are you truly lazy if the task, project, or undertaking at hand ask that you be detail-oriented and focused? Procrastination, they're saying, a professor of psychology at the University of Sheffield, is saying procrastination isn't about laziness. It's about your emotions. Now, I had a friend who called herself a perfectionist. And I don't think people who are perfectionists realize they're a perfectionist. And she used that as an excuse for her procrastination because she's such a perfectionist. She just wanted it to be absolutely right. I'm reading this. I'm thinking maybe maybe that is part of it. Uh, according to this professor, it doesn't make sense that anyone would particularly partake in anything like procrastination when he or she knows it's going to have negative consequences. This is why we say uh, procrastination is essentially irrational. People engage in this irrational cycle of chronic procrastination because of an inability to manage negative moods around a task. That's right. Your mood plays a huge part in how much of a procrastinator you are. They One study in 2013 found that procrastination is the primacy of short-term mood repair over the longer-term pursuit of intended actions. Although you might understandably think overcoming procrastination is first concerned with task completion, in reality, it's concerned with immediate urgency of managing negative moods. Our aversion to steadily and efficiently uh, complete a task can be associated with either a dislike for the task itself or the feelings we have related to the task. From anxiety, insecurity, to guilt, these feelings make it difficult for us to avoid procrastination. You may, for instance, approach making a presentation with self-doubt, failing to see how you could possibly be qualified enough to create something valuable. Overcoming procrastination will require more than the download of a scheduling app or the use of a detailed calendar. You will have to learn to manage your emotions in a new effective way. First, you must be self-aware and identify the mood you experience. Next, consider practicing self-compassion or self-forgiveness. And remember, don't be too quick to label yourself as lazy. If you are truly lazy, you shouldn't aspire to complete your task, much less read about the, the root of your procrastination itself. So there you go. Are you a procrastinator? Obviously, you yes. are because you said yes, very much so. Do you think this is true? Do you think there's some some truth to that? Possibly, yeah. I mean, I think it's easy for most of us to procrastinate with something that, like, we don't want to do. Yes, or definitely. it's just you like know homework. I like homework. Yeah, I but procrastinate see, with any. But like, for me, it was about 
getting it over, get the pain done, get it done, and then you're done. You know, I'd always be like, mm, I think I got, I can do this. Like I was, I'm, I got really good at like figuring out how much time it would take me to do assignments. Mm-hmm. Be like, it'd take me between an hour or two to write this paper. I think I can, uh, so I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, I will say I do. I do have little tricks that I will do to myself when I'm when I'm wanting to get things done. For example, if there's like a big, I'll, I'll give you an example. I had my back bedroom really needed to be dealt with, and I didn't want to deal with it because I've still got things in one of the bedrooms from when uh, Mark and I first got married, and I haven't gone through the boxes and all that stuff. So I invited someone to stay for the weekend. Then that forced me, me to do that to have to get it done. So I I, I will do. I've things had that like happen that. before, where like I need to do something in my apart or like what was my apartment now my I guess it would be my house like someone's coming over or something like that. Right. I would force my it would force then, myself to like make it look presentable. Yeah, but are but do you do you do the work or do you just shove it in another room and you and you I do the work pretend like it looks presentable. My brother does that. He used to do that when he was a kid. He would like hide his oh, stuff. Oh, well, I think we all did it. He would he would th- either throw like put a bunch of like new clothes in like the goodwill bag or and my mom would have to like look through Go it and be through like them. I know. be like I just I, bought this. Right. And or he'll just like stuff it he would stuff it under his bed. Right. I didn't do that. Under the bed in the closet and my kid had I have, Eve's actually I have done that before. In their rooms. Mm-hmm. So I would have to check all of that. And let me tell you, I had one kid that was, he could hide stuff in places like you can't even imagine. Cannot. Uh, we got a text from Nick from Madison Heights who was talking about um, movie going. We were talking about the AMC story where they're tearing the prices now and charging even more. Um, he said we, uh, the movie going experience is just too expensive. That they hardly ever go anymore. I, I get that. Occasionally there'll be a movie out that I'll regret not seeing on the big screen. Uh, one of those was The Greatest Showman. I, if that's ever on a big screen, I will go and and see that. But for the most part, I, I, it really doesn't bother me. Uh, also, this message to you from Nick. Uh, he has ordered a dozen crying towels for you for the Super Bowl when the Eagles lose. So. I I will cry when the Eagles win the Super Bowl. So be thankful. <laughs> so for you're that. gonna you're gonna be crying either way. Good to know. Actually, yeah. So I've I've been on both ends of this, and my mom is has told me this story. So when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots, it's like right as I was starting my fandom for the team, I was like inconsolable. Oh wow! <laughs> when they lost, and then like in the corner, <laughs> rocking back and forth, and you just see me like. And the video is on my mom's Facebook of me when when they won and me and hugging like my best friend who were both Eagles fans and we're I'm just going, we won and I don't I I, I can try <laughs> to get out of the habit of saying we with a like a professional team because I'm not on the team. Well, but, I but also you feel s- like you are. Yeah, I, I, in that moment I did. Of the Super Bowl, uh, you're going to be able to hear the Super Bowl all across, across the network, the Talk Network, not on Rewind, but across the CBS talk. Yeah. Sports. WIKO, WGMN, WMNA, WBLT, yeah. WWE. No, I'm just kidding about the last <laughs> one. Um, but so you will be able to, to catch it. Simulcast everywhere. And also, uh, Ed Trey are going to come in for the uh, Super Bowl special on Friday. And Monday. Well, there you go. So uh, the fast lane. Go sports. Coming, I'll be in Florida. So. Coming to the morning jam. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk much sports. 
It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. A mix of clouds and sunshine today. Warm highs in the upper 50s. We'll turn mostly cloudy tonight with a low of 42. Wednesday, partly sunny. Highs at 65 with lows in the mid-40s. And on Thursday, a few scattered showers possible. Highs in the mid-60s. Overnight lows at 52. And a stray shower chance on Friday with highs at 63. Currently, we have... 34 degrees in Danville, 35 in Bedford, 33 in Lynchburg and uh, Roanoke and Salem, also in Appomattox and in Amherst this morning. Got some clouds, uh, not as pretty and clear as it was yesterday morning. Well, we talked about this story last week. The Virginia Department of Education has made a multi-million dollar mathematical error. Uh, now school districts across the state are seeing less funding than it's expected Districts across Virginia are expected to see $201 million less than originally planned. Um, The Virginia Department of Education says a tool on its website didn't accurately calculate how much schools would receive in state funding after the state eliminated a portion of the grocery sales tax at the start of 2023. And so they went around and they were asking some of the schools exactly you know what this meant for them Uh, a lot of the schools are saying that they're hoping that this is going to be able to be addressed but um, one of the people interviewed said for us in fiscal year 23 it was a $150,000 decrease in fiscal 24 it was a $350,000 decrease for all those dollars uh, that's computers or textbooks or a teaching position or a bus um, they say they're at a standstill that they are t- talking with their finance director and they've, uh, or they're waiting to see. We know that there's a problem. We're hoping the folks in Richmond can come up with the solution. Um, they're saying they don't want to assign blame for what the error was, but we were disappointed when the Department of Education gave their explanation and tried to put the part of the blame on budget directors and superintendents at the local level. Uh, you know, when this error was made, there was really no way for us to double check it. So basically, if if you heard the story last week, there's a tool that they use to punch in the information, and then basically that tool tells them, all right, this is your budget, and this is what you have to work with. I don't really see how they can really put the blame on when that's the tool you're giving them. So I'm not really sure about about that one. A story from yesterday as a, a reminder of how careful we need to be now that the kids are in school and, and we're around those school buses. Uh, two children were injured after a crash involving a school bus in Carroll County yesterday morning. Virginia State Police responded to a two-vehicle crash on Route 58, less than a mile east of Joy Ranch Road. They say that a Toyota Camry and a public school bus collided. There were 11 children on the bus at the time of the crash. Two of those had to be treated with some minor injuries, and the driver of the Camry had to be treated for non-life-threatening injuries, and that crash remains under investigation. I've noticed that now, used to you just had the one stop sign with the that would flip out and it had the flashing lights on it. 
Have you noticed that there are multiple signs now on the on the buses that you know pop out and are, are flashing all over? I guess that just goes to show you how little attention people seem to be paying right now. Uh, it's a dangerous, extreme sport that is getting a lot of attention on social media. The newest viral death-defying stunt on TikTok is called death diving. The extreme sport, which originated in Norway in the 70s, is called dodsing. And this is where diving enthusiasts jump off massive heights, sometimes over 80 feet in the air, in an attempt to perform the greatest death dive. The trend carries a warning label on TikTok. The actions in this video are performed by professionals or supervised by professionals. Do not attempt. Well, we know how that works. We learned that from the Tide Pod Challenge, didn't we? Uh, the sport has over 370 million views on TikTok alone, making it the fastest growing extreme sport in the world. One of the most popular di death divers uh, has terrified some TikTok users. Uh, that she may have died from a dive. She has over 250,000 followers, more than 4 million likes on her videos. One video that has picked up over 42.9 million views. They were particularly concerned with lots of folks quoting, Did she live? I legitimately had butterflies in my stomach and I was just watching it. The original sport has its own federation. And judging criteria for would-be divers. The three main criteria are the run-up, the flight, or time in the air, and the landing. Points are awarded from 0 to 10, with intervals of 0.1, and the final score for the jump is an average score of all the judges when having the minimum of three judges. So, I mean, I, I guess it's great if you survive it. The problem is you're going to have all kinds of people now doing this. But, I mean, you can't fix stupid. Some people would call that the culling of the herd when it gets that bad. Although these, these are really high jumps for sure. No doubt about it. It would seem that um, the Biden story not getting a, a lot of coverage with, uh, well... The Sun, ABC, CBS, NBC, they continue to skip unflattering Hunter Biden news as the hearing looms. There is a new study that has come out. Um, they have completely skipped unflattering breaking news related to first son Hunter Biden. That according to a study from the Media Research Center. The House Oversight and Accountability Committee is scheduled to kick off a hearing to investigate big tech censorship of the Biden family business schemes. But recent history indicates that anything damning related to Hunter Biden is going to be largely ignored by morning and evening newscasts on ABC, CBS, and NBC. The founder and president of the Media Research Center believes that the networks are whitewashing negative information about the first son and at least nine recent stories, nine recent stories have been completely ignored by the networks. 
they don't want the public to know about the Biden family. And the um, Bazell said, I find it beyond horrifying and disgusting that NBC, ABC, and CBS have the word news next to their names because there's nothing newsworthy about what they're delivering. A February 1st, New York Post reported that Hunter Biden's legal team appeared to admit his infamous scandal-plagued laptop did belong to him, only later to backtrack. NBC News covered the story when Kristen Welker reported on Hunter's aggressive new legal strategy, but ABC and CBS looked the other way, completely ignored it on the air. While NBC found time to cover the story, Basel doesn't feel a single Today Show segment is any indication that the media outlet plans to spotlight scandals surrounding the sun anytime soon. And of course, the blackout on negative Hunter Biden news is nothing new. I mean, what kind of what kind of things do they have that they're holding these media people knowledge? I mean, do they have like video or something? I, I'm really surprised that it's this blatant that they're not covering any of it. But they've skipped nine stories so far. Save the one coverage of the, the little Today Show blip. We had that. Reports from December 2022 about Hunter Biden's art dealer ignoring requests from the House Oversight Committee and the mother of one of his children seeking to change his, the last name to Biden so the child could benefit from the fran- family's presidential lineage were also completely ignored. Didn't talk about that one at all. It's going to be interesting. If it gets so ugly that they have to cover it, that's going to be nice and awkward for them. I don't know. We'll see. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on the Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. If you want to check out Five and Dine, all you got to do is go to Facebook, type in Janet's Five and Dine. It's brought to you by F&L Market at 2517 Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg. I'm uh, giving you some recipes, and I'll continue to do that even while I'm on vacation, that you can put up on that Super Bowl party table that your crew will enjoy. Uh, This one in particular is a nice one, and it's kind of different. It's a Reuben pasta salad. Absolutely delicious, especially if you enjoy a Reuben. Uh, You're going to start by cooking three cups of pasta, according to package directions. You're going to rinse that with cold water and set it aside. Uh, The key to this is making the dressing and getting that just right. Uh, Two-thirds of a cup of mayo, third of a cup of sour cream, third of a cup of Thousand Island, uh, one and a half tablespoons of Dijon, a little bit of the sauerkraut brine in there, along with some caraway seeds. Do not skip that part. It's important. And then salt and pepper to taste. Then you're going to dress this pasta salad with that dressing, along with a fourth of a cup of white onions that you've minced, a cup of the sauerkraut, a half a cup of dill pickles that you've chopped, a cup of corned beef sliced or cubed. And if you're getting that in the deli, they'll make it just as 
thick as you like. So, you know, get it cut a little bit thicker and cube it. That's how I think it tastes the best. Same thing with your Swiss cheese. Cube that up and serve it up on your table. It's going to be a popular addition, I promise you. You want to see that recipe and all the recipes that we share through the week? All you got to do is go to Facebook, type in Janet's Five and Dine, and you'll see this recipe and all the recipes that we share. Brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are a cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. With Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. So yesterday on the show, we were talking about some of the odd names that have become very popular uh, recently. They're they're kind of aggressive masculine names. It's, you know, things like Blaze and, and what were some of the other ones that we were talking about yesterday? They were just Ranger and just crazy names. Um, now they have released what is expected to be the top baby names in 2023. An online baby name database, Nameberry, announced some new trends that are standing out as to what's going to be popular this year. Baby naming experts say, expect extravagant options that make a statement, much like the one Jamie told us about, where her friend announced that they named their son Stud. Just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Uh, they believe character names from 80s pop culture are returning, like those in Stranger Things. Then there are the gilded names, because parents are actively seeking names that they think are bright and luxurious and optimistic. Names such as Goldie, Apollo. Nameberry published a list of top 20 baby boy and girl names that attracted the most attention from online visitors and are expected to be popular in 2023. The name on the boy list and the girl list is the same. Aerie, the number one name for the boys list and and the girl. I'm surprised they even let you do boy and girl names because you're assuming a, a gender. So, can't believe they're letting you do that. Uh, other popular boy names include Soren, Theodore, my favorite chipmunk, Royal, Atticus, Felix, Silas, Arlo, Oliver, Cassius. Isn't that a keyboard? That's oh, Cassio. Uh, Hugo, Caspian, Oscar, Killian, Milo, Otto, August, Atlas, Jude, and Cyrus. Uh, baby girl names, Aerie, again, number one, followed by Luxury, Esty, Ariella, Maeve, Isla, Eloise, Alice, Luna, Ophelia, Aurora, Cora, Ava, Iris, Daphne, Violet, Freya, Clara, Eleanor, and Evangeline. That is just an eclectic mixture, isn't it? I mean, you go from something that sounds like a cartoon to several names that I'm sure are in nursing homes across the country. Oh, well, there you have it. I didn't particularly love any of them, if I'm being completely honest about it, but all of them are better than stud, so at least they have that going for them. Um, Have you ever had 
a squirrel or um, uh, critters store things in your home. I had some field mice that came in one fall and moved a great deal of puppy chow into my rain boot. I mean, they were working overtime because that rain boot was filled with some puppy chow. Now we have a story out of uh, California where a woodpecker stashed 700 pounds of acorns inside the wall of a house, according to a pest control company. The images show a scene that is pretty crazy. Um, Pulling mounds of acorns from the wall. The bird was apparently making holes in the home and then storing the acorns. The Post also noted the worker filled up eight garbage bags of acorns, which weighed 700 pounds in total. The photos were shared on Facebook. The Post garnered more than 700 reactions, at least 525 shares, and lots of comments. Some people expressed concern that the bird lost its stash. That woodpecker is going to be devastated. Worked so hard for this fortune, and it's all gone. Like if a millionaire suddenly lost all the money he tirelessly worked for. Really? He's destroyed their walls. (laughs) Another person said, I surely pray you gave those nuts back to whoever put them there. Maybe someone could build the bird his own uh, doghouse. No, that doesn't work. They never go where they're supposed to go. They're going to go where they want to go. One commenter noted that woodpeckers eat Worms, which are often found inside the the nuts. Some people were curious how it was determined a woodpecker was the culprit. And uh, the business said there were woodpecker holes all over the house. And acorns stored all over. My acorn, my uh, woodpeckers are lazy. They are totally stealing bird seed out of the, the bird feeder. They are not working this hard. They are not working that hard for the money, let me tell you. They're eating all the, they're eating everything that is provided for them for free. So rude. Um, another story that, you know, gives you hope for American children. High school graduation is an important milestone, but one Pennsylvania boy is celebrating that a little bit early. He's nine years old. His name is David Balungan. He received his diploma through the Cyber Charter School in Dauphin County. He told a local TV station, I wouldn't say it was easy all the way through. His journey started in the third grade when his mother and teachers realized he was moving far faster than other students. I noticed that with other moms, their kids were struggling a lot with their homework, and David had zero issues, said David's mother. David said, my biggest problem was I was just bored. At the start of the COVID pandemic, they decided to get him tested. That's when they found out he was not just gifted, but was profoundly gifted. By 2020, he had found his way to reach Cyber Charter Academy for high school. I wanted to graduate so that I could point out that, first of all, I can do this. But he also wanted to draw attention to an issue facing younger students. 
I think there are a lot of kids like me who could graduate at the age of 10 or 11, but they don't always have the resources and support to meet their full potential, he said. He credits virtual schooling with helping him graduate so early. You can go at your own pace. You can finish a week ahead. In a brick-and-mortar school, you have to wait. His parents said the journey to get to this point was kind of overwhelming. His father said, we're still processing some of it. You don't know how to get from point A to point B for a nine-year-old. David's mother agreed. I literally had to break the box to be able to take care of my son in the right way. David just finished up his first semester at a local community college, says he's planning on applying to Ivy League colleges as soon as possible. He's reached out to UPenn, Princeton, and Harvard. His goal? Study astronomy, engineering, and software development. In the meantime, he's starting his own website development company. Well, all I can say to his mom and dad is, well done. Well done for you. He's Sheldon Cooper. He is a brilliant little boy. I mean, there's no no doubt about that. He's a, he's definitely, definitely brilliant. So it's great that they were able to get him, you know, what he needed. Well, guys, I'm going to bid you adieu for now. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to, to getting away with uh, with my mark. And we're going to enjoy some time with friends in, in places that are a bit warmer than what we're experiencing here although yeah, we've had yeah. some pretty mild uh, temperatures here but uh yeah i'm looking forward to getting away but i'll be back next wednesday to spend time with you we've got uh, the special show coming up to friday cover. and monday yeah super we'll Bowl. talk we'll have kevin harlan on friday who's the who's calling the game um so that's a cool perspective yeah so uh thank you all for doing that i'll look forward to getting back and i'll i'll stay in touch with you on our social media if you get a chance like our page on the morning jam or you know send me a friend request i'd like to keep up with you while i'm away thanks for listening to the virginia talk radio network and i hope you guys have a great rest of the week You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.